Hey, sweet friend. Welcome back to the Arm to Heart podcast. So today we're going to chat about running during pregnancy. I know many of us, especially as first-time moms or as either women who serve in the military who run a lot, or if we are a runner, we just enjoy running. I think many of us wonder, is it safe to run through pregnancy? How long can I continue running through pregnancy? How long should I keep running? You know, what should I be aware of? I want to speak to this topic because I think it's so important and there's nuance to it. And so for anybody who is either a runner out there or for those who are, you know, hoping to continue running through pregnancy or if you're considering doing so, then this is for you. So the guidance to just listen to your body, it's not enough. We have to know how do we do that? How can we be more confident in knowing how and when to adjust, you know, when we're good to go versus when it's best to kind of scale back our running a little bit, or maybe just shelf it for now and resume postpartum. So what we're going to cover today is 12 things you should be mindful of from a safety perspective. So these are specifically what red flags or warning signs to look for for you and your baby's health and safety. And then we're going to go through eight key yellow lights you should look for and consider. And these are kind of signs less than, it's not a red light, but it's more of a sign that your risk may be greater than your reward with continuing to run. And it may be time to transition to a different form of cardio. And these are kind of sensations that may feel different than normal um, and things that you just might not kind of know what to do with through pregnancy. The next thing we're going to cover is 15 ideas for different types of cardio other than running. So if you do choose to to scale back your running or if you want to look for different options, these are going to be ones that give you a great bang for your buck in maintaining fitness and, and give you many of the same benefits of running, but just are a little bit better for maybe your pelvic floor and the way that it's handling the demands of your baby at this time. And then we're going to cover the key things you should know about your core and pelvic floor and then how to adjust your running routine by trimester or some just some considerations there as well. And then I'm going to give you a process I use for myself and also to coach women through to really gain clarity on what the right training decisions are for you during this chapter. So are you excited about this? I sure am. And I know when I learned all of this, it was so eye-opening and valuable through the pregnancy and postpartum athleticism certification course, and it absolutely shaped my approach to my second pregnancy. It gave me this immense peace of mind that I didn't have. I had so much anxiety about, okay, what's safe, what's not. There's so much conflicting information out there on Google. I was seeing all different things, and so I just erred on the side of caution, as I think so many of us do. But I also was like, oh, but I want to keep it up. You know, I want to keep, I want to keep pushing myself. I want to keep challenging myself, but I also want to make sure I'm doing what's safe for my baby and what's what's best for him, right? And so this really helped me to know when I could keep doing what I was doing, exactly how to listen to my body and when to kind of hang up the running shoes until after giving birth and also rebuilding my foundation again before getting back out there postpartum. So I felt a million times better, you know, the second time around while the first time around I ended up suffering from urinary incontinence with running for almost two years postpartum. And this was before I got help from a public floor physical therapist because I didn't even know that was out there then until I went through this course and got educated in it. Uh, now we're really doing a good job of getting the word out there about pelvic floor physical therapy or pelvic health um, specialists in general. It could be occupational therapy as well. So the second time around, I haven't struggled with incontinence at all. And I'm so grateful for it because it's the difference maker was my approach to training through pregnancy, my approach to training through postpartum, the foundation that I built in rehab. And so it can make all the difference in the world. And that's what I want for you too. So I want this to not only be like head knowledge that I give you today, but I also want this to help you strengthen your heart and your mindset through it too, because that truly is over half the battle. Okay, so let's dive in. Hey sister, welcome to Arm to the Heart. Do you want to make an impact as a military mom and be the best mom and leader you can be at the same time? Are you finding yourself stressed and weighed down by guilt with how much your time your work steals from your family and often worry that they're getting the leftovers of you? Do you feel alone carrying the heavy load of pregnancy, postpartum, of motherhood and uniform? 
with so many expectations of performing your job, stay physically fit, and such little support. Hey, I'm Megan, and in my early years as an active duty mom in the army, I was so burnt out. I was just wishing for more time with my baby, the freedom to actually put my family and faith first while still giving my best to the team. And I was giving all I had, but it just never felt like enough. Trying to bounce back quickly, feeling all those pressures to prove myself in a male-dominated unit, trying to manage the whole in the best of my ability, and keep our marriage strong through so much long distance and dual military life. I just felt like I was falling short in all of it, but especially failing my family. I felt exhausted. I felt trapped in the army, like I was losing myself in what mattered most along the way and just doubting whether all of those sacrifices were worth it. I finally cried out to God to direct my path, and he started showing me that there's a different way to find more balance and more purpose. So in this podcast, you're going to find time management strategies, holistic health and fitness tips, and mindset transformations so you can find that balance that you long for, to be who you're called to be, for both your family and your work without having to compromise what's most important. So lace up those boots and put on the armor of God. Let's run this race up before us as sisters in arms, as sisters in Christ. Okay, so the very first thing we're going to cover is what should I be mindful of for my baby's health and safety? We know what are some of those warning signs and red flags. So these are reasons to potentially discontinue exercise or call your OBGYN. So the first one is if you get explicit guidance from your OBGYN or a specialty provider that you're not to run, then of course listen to them. That takes precedent over everything else. So that's the first one. But here's some other specific signs and symptoms to look for that you're going to want to stop exercising and or call your OBGYN for and just get their assistance. You know, if something doesn't ever feel right, if you're ever worried, just trust your gut and reach out to them. And it's better to do that and give them a call. You know your baby and your body best. So it's better to just check and make sure you guys are well so you can have peace of mind and also receive the care that you need. So first one is vaginal bleeding. Next is either dizziness or feeling really faint. I know this happened to me a lot in my second pregnancy, especially in the first trimester. I kept on feeling really faint when I was getting up and down. And I even at one point, like I ended up falling over. Like I thought I was almost going to pass out. So that was, that was crazy. It didn't happen when I was exercising, but it happened just when I was like getting up from a chair and walking around my house. So yeah, wild. Shortness of breath before exercise or along with other symptoms. So it's normal to have a bit more shortness of breath while you're running. Blood volume is increasing tremendously through pregnancy. So that's a big contributing factor. And then headaches is another one. So if you have pretty severe headache, um, chest pain, intense muscle weakness, um, calf pain or swelling or like an intense burning in your legs, preterm labor or regular painful contractions. We, we don't want to keep exercising through that. So, and it's not, again, sometimes some of these things we kind of have to let go of our pride because maybe they're things that we would have pushed through before, but this is just not the time to do that. Another one is decreased fetal movement. And then another one is amniotic fluid leakage. So again, these are things you want to be mindful of, particularly for your baby's health and safety and then for your health and safety. If you're in a climate where there's ice and it could be icy on the road, just don't run. (laughs) It's not worth the risk there. Wait until the ice melts and you're good to go. All right, now I want to go through eight key yellow lights. And this is specifically, again, how to listen to your body beyond those little bit more red flag symptoms that I just told you about. These are ones that are more signs that you might need to make an adjustment for your core and pelvic health specifically. When you're thinking about your baby's health and safety, which is what usually our focus is through training through pregnancy, we think that we really should be focused on that. And yes, that is absolutely true. That is like the utmost priority when it comes to the safety and and medical side of things. But the other part of it that we often overlook is our own health too, our own body's function. 
and its long-term health and performance, and this is specifically related to our core and pelvic floor. So aside from those like high-risk activities through pregnancy that we don't want to continue, like contact sports or things that have a high risk of falling, most of what we want to do and be mindful of is actually more about protecting your long-term health as a mother. Think of these ones as the, those yellow flags and the previous red flag signs that I went through the first list is like more oriented towards like what are the warning signs I want to keep in mind for what might be potential high risk to my baby. And then another thing I want you to ask yourself through your discernment of how long or if you want to keep running through pregnancy is and with anything, with any kind of exercise and fitness that you're trying to maintain, any type of movement that you really want to maintain through pregnancy, ask yourself, does this complement or potentially compromise my core and pelvic health? Does this support my long-term health and performance, or is this more about me proving myself in the moment, or is this more driven by pride? And so intention now for intensity later, just ask yourself very honestly those questions as you move through your process, right? The first one is pain. So if you have pelvic pain, if you have pain in your groin or your hips, your lower belly, your pelvis at all, that's something that you want to pay attention to. If you have low back pain, if you have lower limb pain, or really anywhere on the body that feels off, especially if it's sharp pain, I really want you to pay attention to that. It's it's not worth pushing through. It's probably a sign that this might be a little bit too much for your body right now, and there's no shame in that. But this also includes a sort of lingering pain or discomfort later that day or the next day. So pay attention to it. Don't just push through. And I'm going to go through, after I'm going to go through these signs, I'm going to go through adjustments that you can make so that it doesn't have to be an all or nothing immediately. It doesn't have to be a, okay, I got to stop and I can never run again through this whole pregnancy, but maybe there's just adjustments that you can make. So we're going to go through that too. So um, just wanted to let you know. All right. Number two is peeing. So if you are, have leakage or, you know, really um, intense urgency, leaking, you could leak pee. You could also leak gas or even number two. It's important to know that, and that is a sign of pelvic floor dysfunction. A lot of different factors that could be involved, but again, you're never too early or too late to see a pelvic floor physical therapist for any of these issues. Pressure is another big one. So if you have a pretty intense feeling of pressure anywhere in the pelvic area, or, or maybe your pelvic floor specifically, or if you have a discomfort in your pelvic floor, like a bulging sensation, or your pelvic organs like feel like, it almost feels like a tampon might be falling out kind of a feeling, that is also a sign it might not be the best thing for your body right now. Okay, so those are three that I really want you to pay attention to in your pelvic floor area, and then also beyond that with the lower body, any lower body pain as well, especially with all the body changes that are happening structurally and difference in even your posture. So many things are changing through pregnancy. It impacts our whole body. And then number four is another warning sign or another yellow flag that you want to pay attention to is if you're only able to run with a belly band otherwise it's like severely uncomfortable or painful it just might not be right for your body anymore number five is you can't keep a conversation going so what we want to do as far as intensity goes through working out through pregnancy is aim for an rpe a rate of perceived exertion of about your 50 to 70 percent of your maximum intensity what this feels and looks like is you can talk through running but you wouldn't necessarily be able to sing so you can gauge where you're at in intensity based on that. So stay within the talking, but not necessarily singing range. So there is a misconception that we have to stay below, at or below a 140 maximum heart rate. So there's a belief that it's unsafe to exercise above 140 beats per minute while pregnant. And this still is very persistent today. So you may hear this even from your medical team. 
but I just want to inform you this is an outdated guideline and it's been disproved by the research. And so this upper limit was a conservative recommendation originally in the first ACOG guideline for prenatal exercise in 1985 <laughs> until further research was conducted. And it's since been debunked. So we want to use the talk test and RPE and those signs and symptoms specifically to know if you're on track. And those are the things, that's why I'm giving you all these signs and symptoms because these are the measures you want to pay attention to. It's not the heart rate specifically. Then number six is if your balance is severely compromised or if your gait, your running form has changed so drastically because there's so much weight on your pelvis or your, your belly is getting so big by this point, if you really have to feel like you're like waddling to keep running <laughs> or your form is completely compromised, then it just might not be right for your body right now. And with all of these, I also want to reinforce this is a decision that you get to freely make. Okay, so you really have to weigh risk versus reward for yourself. And this is meant to empower you with here's the considerations and things that I should be thinking about when I'm weighing whether it's worth it to continue or to push forward through my pregnancy with running. Number seven is if you have to take a ton of rest afterwards or you feel like overexhausted from the exertion of running, then again, that could be a sign that it might be a little bit too much for you. And there are lots of variables that we can adjust maybe to tone it down a notch or two in intensity but that's just something I want you to be mindful of. And then number eight, if it's just not fun anymore, or if it's too uncomfortable, if you're wishing for it to be over the entire time that you're running, then my friend, there is no shame <laughs> in either pausing running for right now and doing something different. You know, you are in a different season and that's okay. Things are going to be different and that's also okay. So now I'm going to cover a couple sensations that feel different than normal, but are okay. So these are the ones that are like below the threshold of warning signs. So I'm breathing heavier than usual, but I'm still able to hold a conversation or do walk-run intervals to take breaks as needed. That's fine. You know, maybe it's definitely harder and more tiring, but you're making it. Oh man, like, goodness, I've never used to feel like this on this hill. I feel like this hill has gotten longer since I've gotten pregnant, but I'm getting there. I'm doing okay, right? Like, those are fine feelings. Maybe you have to pay more attention to your form, your gait, but it's manageable. It's not throwing your balance way off. So those are, those are some things you might experience, but they're below the threshold of those like warning signs that might indicate your risk is higher than your reward for your pelvic floor. Okay. So sometimes a combination of all these things, if you're experiencing all that, you're like, you know what, this just sucks all the enjoyment out of it. It's making running much more stressful and not fun than life-giving. And so, you know, I might want to do different forms of endurance training of cardio. You are no less of an athlete if you need to adjust or if you choose to adjust. And I actually would argue that you are a more mature athlete and you will reap the rewards down the road of adjusting. You're going to see the fruit of trusting this process and of surrendering to those changes that are coming, even when it's hard to let go sometimes. So whether it's your body's appearance through pregnancy, your shape and size that's changing and, and how hard that can be mentally and emotionally, or whether it's your routine that's shifting, whether it's, you know, what your body is usually physically capable of and how it performs in fitness you know, it's sometimes really hard to let go of control of those things when we've worked, especially when we've worked so hard for where we are, right? We feel like, oh, I'm just like losing all the progress that I worked so hard to make. But I really want you to just trust, trust God in this, to trust your body's resilience and trust its ability to come back with time and with intentionality and when you treat it well. And so this, I also want you to look at pregnancy as you know, not a time to maintain at all costs, but really to just take care of it for the long run in addition to your, you know, immediate postpartum recovery. I'm going to go through now eight different ways that you can adjust and you can change it up. So you can adjust your intensity, your pace, your distance, or you can adjust your rest times and do walking jog intervals. 
on a track or in between, you know, trees or houses or mailboxes or something, you know, some kind of landmark. Maybe it's changing up the time of day, especially if you're in a climate where weather is a really big factor or like heat is a really big factor. You know, running at a time where it's not quite as hot, it'd be much better for your body and how it might respond to this. Running shoes can be a big factor that can impact things. So running with a more supportive shoe can really help decrease the impact on your pelvic floor actually because it offers more cushion for the landing. It's less pounding and that pounding is impact that's then basically like a trampoline and then your pelvic floor is bearing the brunt of that impact. And then another thing you can do is even just make sure your body's recovering properly in between workouts. If you feel like your body's not responding well to running right now, those some of the signs and symptoms are popping up more, maybe try to take a few days off and then try again when your body's a little bit more rested and see how that goes. You could try a belly support band if you don't have one already. There's some really good ones out there. ReCore Fitness is one that I would really recommend. There's different ways you can wear it and adjust it based on where you're feeling most of the pressure or where you need more support. And it helps your lower back, your hips, and your pelvis as well. You could try hills. This is a really good way to adjust. So the slight lean in running uphill, it actually may be more comfortable for you, for your body in general, but it also minimizes pressure on your pelvic floor. And so running or walking hills is a great way to keep, you know, our glutes and our hips strong. And so what you could do is you could run up and then you could walk down. If you run down, it's going to be even more impact on your body, your joints, and your pelvic floor. So I don't necessarily recommend that, but I would recommend running up or even just walking up and walking down, right? So those are some ways you can adjust while continuing running. So again, you don't, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And you also don't have to feel like just because you might experience one symptom, it means that it's time to hang up the shoes. Maybe it is, but maybe there's ways that you can kind of meet your body where it's at and kind of do a gradated approach to progressing off of running or continuing through in the way that feels right for your body. Okay. Now I'm going to go into, if you do if you try all those adjustments or if you're just like, you know what, I don't think running is for me right now. I'm going to pick back up when I'm postpartum. Totally fine. And that's a decision I made and that's a decision that you can make. So here's 15 alternative forms of cardio. Walking intervals and you can adjust your speed for walking, your intensity of walking. Um, a track is a really good place to do that, you know, or if you have a, just an app on your phone or if you have a watch that's going to track your distance and your pace and all that. Another one is weighted walking. If you walk with like dumbbells or some kind of a weight, even a farmer's carry could be a really good one. So depending on the distance you want to walk, the, the heaviness of your weight that you're carrying, you could even walk with a baby on your back, you know, if you have the hip strap below your belly, if that's comfortable for you. You know, when your pregnancy progresses, it might not be. Okay, another one is cycling. So there's lots of forms of cycling, of course, right? Like a cycling on the road, <laughs> or there's this, the spin bike, stationary bike, or an assault bike. So your level of risk sort of varies with this. Obviously, if you're cycling on the road, that's going to be a higher risk potentially. But there's lots of options there that can be really good for your body. And there's reclined bikes as well in a lot of gyms. And then there's, you know, the normal spin bike, there's Peloton, then there's a salt bike, which you're going to obviously use like more full body because you're using your arms too and everything. So those are some really great, great options to maintain your cardio fitness, which is going to then translate into running postpartum without having as much risk maybe for your pelvic floor over time which is already under very high demands through pregnancy. Another one is swimming. Swimming feels so good. Pregnant, if you have ever swam through pregnancy, you know this, but it just feels amazing to be able to like feel lighter for a short period of time, but it's just so good for cardio also. So that's a great way to maintain fitness through pregnancy. Another one is rowing. So something to be mindful of as your pregnancy progresses to decrease the pressure on your core because your, your core is already going to be experiencing a lot of pressure just given that it's making space for your baby. And so you may have heard of diastasis recti postpartum. It's not something we can avoid through pregnancy. It's very normal. It's just a way our body adapts. It's okay. 
but we do have to recover postpartum. We do have to repair it and restore our core, right? Restore it to its original integrity or restore its functionality and its strength, right? And many of us obviously want to adjust the appearance of our core too, so we can feel more like ourselves in our body again. So with all of that, something that you can just do very proactively through your pregnancy is to be mindful of your posture with something like rowing. The more you lean back, the higher demand it is right along the linea alba, that vertical midline of your abdomen. And so if you were to have a little bit more of a straight up posture, you're going to use more of your upper body and like your your back strength and to also exhale on the exertion, like the highest exertion part of the movement, that's going to really help support your core through that movement and be less strain. Another one is stair climbing. So you could use a stairmaster. You could actually climb stairs. You could go to climb maybe bleachers or climb stairs in your house. Hiking is a really good one. That is so much fun. You know, it could be a whole family activity. Sled pushes or drags. So I love these and it could also be great for pregnancy. I would recommend pushes more than drags as you progress through your pregnancy though because it's going to be less taxing on your linea alba again because of the lean back that you kind of need with a drag, right? So pushes are going to still be really good for both cardio, for your lower body strength, for your core strength, your even your upper body strength. It's really a full body strength movement, but it's also great for conditioning, right? And so that can be can be good for your body um, if you're, you know, considering to making sure you're breathing through it and everything to support your core and your pelvic floor. Another one could be dancing. <laughs> dancing can be super fun as a form of cardio. Even just dancing around with your kids. We do dance parties a lot. A step class. A step class can be fun. Sometimes it's it's easy to like laugh at some things like this if we're used to like more hardcore versions of fitness, but Honestly, trying some new things, this is a great time to do that through pregnancy. And pregnancy is a time where you want to focus on what's life-giving movement. We don't want to have all this pressure on ourselves to maintain at all costs, right? That's just something to keep in mind mentally too. Jump roping. So, you know, jumping may may feel good to you still, or it might not. If your body isn't feeling great running, then it may not feel great jumping, but it can be in between demand for your body, like line hopping, back and forth, and stationary running in place. Like those are all things that I use to progress you back into running postpartum because it's an in-between demand for your body. If your body can handle the demand of those things, then you can work it up to the demand of every foot hitting the pavement and the impact that that has, which is a higher level of impact for your body. So jump roping might be a good in-between for you. Boxing could be an option. If you look at pregnancy and postpartum athleticism, Brianna Battles, if you're on social media, if you check out any of her Instagram posts from working with Miranda Granger, there's some really great training tips that she gave for if you want to continue boxing through pregnancy. We do not want to have contact to your body or your baby. I hope that's clear. And even if you don't feel good with contacting a punching bag, you could just do air boxing. Like that could be a great form of cardio, right? And it's no impact then on your body. And then another thing I want you to think about as far as another alternative form of cardio, and this is the last one of our 15, you know, list here, is even certain strength movements can be a great form of conditioning. So look at something like kettlebell swings or step-ups. Those can be awesome if you're doing lower rest times in between and you're doing a higher number of reps. You can feel like, oh, wow, I'm getting a really, really good workout in and I'm getting my heart rate up. 
you know, I'm really sweating here. Like, and so some of that, some of the stuff we really love about running as a form of stress release and all of those things, we can experience that in so many other forms of cardio. And so I really encourage you to ask yourself why you want to run and ask what is the benefit I want to gain out of this? And how could I maybe get that through other forms as well? Just to open your mind to different options. So you don't feel as like you have to tightly grip on it if it's not quite what's best for your body based on all those signs and symptoms that we went through before. So I'm going to go through a couple ways that you want to consider adjusting through the trimesters. First trimester, we all know, oh my gosh, it can be such a doozy, right? Many of us are just very, very exhausted, maybe dealing with a lot of nausea. So much is changing so quickly inside of our bodies, even though it's not very visible on the outside, right? And so just give yourself so much grace through this time. It can be hard sometimes to see, and we can even feel guilty, right, around adjusting our routine to rest more. And especially if we're used to running a million miles an hour and going, going, going all the time and pushing ourselves really hard. And so just give yourself grace. Your body is literally building a miracle inside of you, and it's doing the most important thing that it could ever do, the most productive thing it could ever do. And so don't lose sight of that when you're looking, you know, at, you're just trying to listen to your body or you're maybe resisting the call to listen to your body. So I just really want to encourage you in that first. And then the second trimester, as you're looking at running and high impact dynamic movements, I really recommend this is the time we really want to start weighing the risk versus reward and starting to listen to our body very closely. Because now at this point, our baby's getting bigger, you know, our baby's putting more pressure directly on our pelvic floor muscles and tissues. And so if it doesn't feel right, don't feel like you need to hold on to it in, in spite of that. Don't just push through the discomfort and pain. You know, we're so used to doing that, but pregnancy and postpartum is not the time to push through the discomfort and pain. There's certain discomfort, as in like we're, we're pushing our body to just improve in strength versus the certain discomforts and pains that are a sign that we need to pay attention to, not ignore. And so we really have to know exactly like what are the differentiating factors between those two things. And that's why I gave you the specific list because most of us, nobody teaches you this. You know, when you go into your doctor for your initial pregnancy visits, you don't really get all these specifics, but that's what we need, you know, especially those of us who take a lot of pride in our fitness, who it's a big part of our life, who it's a big part of our job. And so there's so much changing in your body and that extra pressure that your baby's already putting, it's it's on a very vulnerable system. And so there's many different options, right, that we've went through that you can choose during this time. And your center of gravity and your gait are starting to change. So I know for me, I started experiencing a lot more of the pelvic pain and pressure and those kinds of symptoms when I was closer to 20 to 25 weeks of pregnancy. Um, and that's when I really noticed it. The first time I was like scared to do much. I mean, I probably took a few runs, but I was like too scared to keep running because I was just seeing all the mixed information and I was like, oh, I'd rather err on the side of caution. Like I was just so afraid that something would happen if I just did the wrong thing. But, and I don't want you to be motivated by fear. I want you to be confident that you can continue to challenge yourself. You can continue to maintain fitness. You can continue to exercise and it's very beneficial for you, but we just have to know what those limitations are and what those thresholds are that like we don't really want to cross because we're crossing a line of what is prudent, you know, for both maybe your baby and also your body and your own long-term goals. We don't want to sabotage our long-term goals for the short, maybe instant gratification of just proving ourselves in the moment. Okay. Yeah. Listen to your body, especially third trimester now as we enter that time it can be so tough to slow down. You have nothing to prove, but you've got lots to gain. And staying active is very encouraged, of course, but also there's no need to push your limits close to your due date or to run your body into the ground. But you know, competitiveness and pride, it's not going to necessarily serve you during this time. And it probably served you maybe through your military career so far or through your athletic career, if you're an athlete like me for all of your life. But 
it's probably not going to serve you during this time. And so we can just intentionally let go of those things that are not going to help us. They're not going to help our baby kind of like speak to it objectively, be like, thank you for trying to support me, but you know, I can let go of this right now and it's okay. So exercising during pregnancy, yes, it can make labor easier in some ways because maybe we're more conditioned. Maybe we are, we are more in tune with our body and those kinds of things. But you know, not being humble enough to modify or to protect your core and pelvic floor, it can take years to recover from. And so, you know, your worth is not in keeping up with your routine. It's not in keeping up to the, you know, with the person to your left or right. It's not in keeping up with who you once were and all you could do, or even maybe what you did in a previous pregnancy. And it's also not in exercising up to your due date. Your worth is not in any of those things. So if you can maintain an awesome baseline, great. But scaling back your intensity or movements themselves based on what your body's telling you, that's even better. You know, your body's growing a whole entire human being or maybe multiple if you've got multiples. So, you know, your baseline fitness is established at this time. So you got to trust that and have confidence that that will carry you through both your labor and delivery experience, but also your postpartum time. No matter what, no matter how much fitness you do maintain through pregnancy, no matter how much you work up all the way up until your due date, postpartum will be humbling. It will be a rehab and a rebuilding season, no matter what. We want to shorten that off and on-ramp, right? But our body does change through pregnancy and our body does go through what is a very, it's like a, a major injury when we give birth, no matter what, no matter what type of birth experience we have. And there's different challenges and difficulties in both kinds of births too, a vaginal birth versus a C-section birth. And so one is not necessarily better than the other as far as recovery goes, but it depends on a lot of factors, you know? And so that is just something to keep in mind when it comes to your mindset. You're not training for birth. So you're training for your long-term health. You're training to set yourself up for hopefully a smoother return postpartum, right? But you're also training for your baby and their health and to keep yourself both physically strong, but also mentally strong. Okay. So really just dig into your why there. So you're probably in this place where you're like, okay, how can I maintain as much fitness as possible through my pregnancy, Megan? So I hope this gave you an overview of there's so many ways that you can maintain a great base of fitness and cardio throughout, and it doesn't have to just be running. And especially if you have to get back to, you know, fitness tests, height and weight standards, you're probably worried in some ways, maybe about losing your strength and progress that you've made over time. Maybe you're worried about the weight gain or weight loss on the back end, and you want to set yourself up for success because you're like, okay, I got to get back to running. I got to get back to all these standards. And I also want to feel like, you know, confident in my body again. I want to feel confident in what my body can do and its strength and all of those things. I want to feel good about my body when I look in the mirror. I want to feel good about my body when I go to the gym. So if your fitness is important to your lifestyle and, you know, also the physical demands maybe of your job, I completely understand. I'm right here with you in all of this. So when we know how to adjust, when we know how to scale our movements, instead of having to just go from doing what we want to do and and what what helps us to do what we have to do also to then feeling like, okay, now I've got to just cut all of these things out. When we know how to adjust and scale and we have options in between, it gives us like a much more empowered experience through pregnancy and postpartum to adjust in a way that serves our body well and also serves our baby, right? And it helps us be closer to our goals, whatever those goals are. And then when we rebuild and we return to these things postpartum, we're still going to have more of the muscle memory. We're going to have less atrophy that happened. Like there's the gap between where we are and where we want to be is going to be smaller. Last, let me just give you some tough love to finish this up. Okay. I want you to do a gut check. Be honest with yourself. What is your why? Wherever you are in this stage, I want you to ask this. And I want you to ask this again and again and again. What is your why? 
Do you feel like you have something to prove here? Are you letting your ego, your pride drive this? Is it you're trying to keep up with others? Is it so that you can say you continue to run through your whole pregnancy? Or you ran up until your due date? Ran up until, you know, the literal day that you gave birth? Ask these questions with literally everything that you do through pregnancy. Or is this really what's best for my baby, my body, my health, my fitness now and postpartum and for my long-term goals, for my long-term performance? And it could be yes. Like it could be that, yeah, it's still really good for my body. It still feels good. I'm making this decision from an empowered place of like, okay, this I'm below the threshold of what to really look out for. Or are you really being driven by the pride, by the ego, by the fear of letting go and surrendering those things that I want you to be able to freely choose, make that intentional choice, okay? You don't have to keep it up to be doing enough, to be good enough, to be fit enough, okay? So just be honest with yourself on whether you're, you're hanging your worth in some way on how much you can maintain or your perception of what a fit pregnancy can look like or what it should look like, what others may have done before, what you may have done before, how bad A-S-S, I don't want to say it on here because I want to keep this not explicit, how B-A others see you as. So if we're falling into that, we're losing sight of what this is all about, what really matters most in this season. And we're also missing the fruit that comes when we embrace the season and the inevitable changes that are happening rather than trying to fight against it and resist it all. So there's freedom in that messy surrender. It's, it's hard. It's really hard surrendering, right? And seeing our body go through these changes and the identity shifts that come with it, because maybe for so long in our life, our identity was also in our fitness. And now it's like, ah, like, I can't, I can't maintain, I can't hold on to that in the way that I, I have always done, or I've, I want to, but there's freedom in the surrender. God wants to meet you there. He wants to remind you of your worth and your identity in him above all the things that this world defines you with. And maybe your job, your profession defines you with trust the process. The goal is to maintain, but not to hold on to fitness or where we are at all costs. So take that extra pressure off of yourself mentally and physically. There are many ways to scale and modify so you can meet your body where it's at. You can and you will get back to all that you want to do and where you want to be, even if you have to let go of some of these things for now, for right now. You know, if you're used to doing these things, running almost every day, pushing your body super hard past its limits all the time, it's so hard to surrender. And I see you in that. Just keep trusting your body's resilience. Keep trusting this process. Keep your eyes focused on your own journey versus comparing yourself to others. We do not know the battles other people are fighting. We do not know the ways that others might be pushing through a lot of these signs and symptoms that are going to have a negative impact on the back end. You can't always see when people are struggling with these things, especially when it comes to our pelvic health, but they're impacting them. Trust me. And they might just not know. They might not know what they don't know. And that was definitely me. So no blame or shame here. And you absolutely can emerge even stronger, even faster, a better athlete as a whole after this pregnancy. If you've got patience with yourself, if you give yourself grace, when you need to give yourself grace, if you're intentional and you're disciplined with your recovery and also through pregnancy too. And remember, this is a very, very temporary season in your entire lifetime of athleticism. So keep, keep the long game in mind. Keep the big picture in mind. I believe in you with all of my heart. So I hope this is helpful to you. And please share this with a friend who you know is pregnant or a runner. And then please give this podcast a review if it helped you. I would love that. It's the best way to continue to help this podcast get to reach more people. And I want to let you know, if you haven't listened yet, go listen to episode seven after this, uh, which is how to exercise safely and maintain fitness through pregnancy. And this is for military women, for runners, for CrossFit athletes. 
and anybody who wants to have a healthy fit pregnancy. So I'm diving in this episode specifically into running, but that one's a more generalized approach and it's, it's going to walk through everything for strength training as well. So for those of you who really want to focus on strength training, you're either working towards maintaining for the fitness test or anything like that, then this is for you too. So it's going to help you really do a lot of these things you enjoy, but in a way that meets your body where it's at. So go check that out if you haven't yet. Share that one with a friend too. You think it's going to benefit. And then together, let's just keep getting good quality guidance and support out there for the moms who need it especially fellow military mamas whose careers depend on our ability to maintain our fitness and get back to the fitness test, body composition standards, all the things postpartum, right? Keep running the race. God has set before you, sister. And all my love, I look forward to connecting with you again soon.